0: Tilt is a complete toolkit for coaches, health and fitness professionals, and nutritionists. Combine your website, e-commerce needs, client communications, and training plans into a single affordable platform. For more information, please go to www.lisatamati.co.nz forward slash training tilt.
1: Welcome welcome. to Pushing the Limits, the podcast that gets deep into the psyche of extraordinary achievers across all genres, Cutting to the chase to unlock the secrets of their success, their achievement, philosophies, and motivations. Join us in the quest to find out what makes the movers and shakers of our world tick and what gems and wisdom we can learn from them.
0: Well, hi everybody, it's Lisa Tammity here on Pushing the Limits, and today I have one of the most wonderful women, Uh, you're just going to be absolutely stoked listening to this doctor. This is Dr. Lindsay Berkson, all the way from Austin, Texas, with me on Skype today. Now, Dr. Berkson is a nutritionist, an integrative gastrointestinal endocrine specialist, that's a big mouthful, I know, she's (laughs) (laughs) a hormone scholar uh an author of over uh, twenty-one books, nearly twenty-two I hear. Uh and she's with us today and she's just one of the world's leading authorities on hormones and everything to do with health. And Dr. Bergson is with me right now. Hi, how are ah. you? <laughs>
2: I am so excited to be speaking from Texas to New Zealand and yeah. with someone who is a hot run running coach person and such a high-level human being herself and you, all the energy that you've sent to me just to even get me here on the show just made me so excited to join your community and share a lot of this cutting-edge information that they need to know.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and and we have really I've got so many questions and and I mean everybody knows I'm no doctor but I've been studying all of this and I've been studying Dr. Berkson and what she's all about for, for uh, weeks now so I hope I can uh, lead a good interview but um, you know uh, Dr. Berkson has been in practice for she just said to me over 47 years <laughs> and I Well it's impossible because you look like seriously you look like you're in your 30s and I just don't get that how is that how can you do well, that? Something's so this new,
2: this new movement of learning how to be younger longer works. Now, nothing works for everyone, and disease and accidents can happen to anybody. But often, if you do many things right, you get, get many more outcomes right. So when I was very young, I heard a lecture on you are what you eat. I was in my teens, and I said, boy, that makes sense. You are what you eat. So I better start being mindful of what I eat so all my life I've eaten organic when I was younger I raised my own food I had my own goats I did a lot of that and now I raise a lot of sprouts on the kitchen counter because I'm not into having a farm outside and my mother was a major athlete she was one of the first ladies in Chicago Illinois to ever receive a a, a championship status so she was a dancer and a ten- tennis player. So, my mother would look at me for a moment on the couch, clap her hands, and say, Get it up off the couch and out the door. We won't want to be able to play pinochle on that butt.
0: That <laughs> <laughs> sounds like my upbringing, too. <laughs> but,
2: so, I have been moving and I have been eating well. And then early on, I tried to have a focus on being mindful. That made sense to me, too. But I had a lot of issues that happened to me secondary to a drug. My mother was. Yeah. So I had to hack my health even beyond that out of the mountainside. But I have learned like you have learned with your own personal stories with your family members that you should never take. You should never take old or ill for an answer. And usually if a doctor sits across from you and says to you, there is no other way, you either have, you're going to be stuck with this disease and they're teaching you learned helplessness, or you have to be on these meds or do these procedures for the rest of your life. What that really means is this well-intentioned person doesn't know the answer for you. Uh It means they don't have the answer for you. And that has been a big part of my life, is learning how to really be an agile thinker and put together science-based information, but that's effective and works, and isn't leaning on pharmaceuticals or procedures longer than you need. Sometimes you need them for a while. Yeah. That's common sense, an integrative approach. But the idea is to get off of them and be well and thrive, not just survive after a diagnosis and hopefully put it in your rear view mirror. Yeah.
0: and. and- Let's delve into your story a little bit, if we may, because uh, your story, I mean, you've lost how many organs, for example? Just so that people get an understanding of, you you weren't born with these supernatural genes. I mean, you you, you were born, actually, with with some disadvantages, and you've managed to overcome that and had an amazing health journey anyway. Um, Yeah.
2: Really mm-hmm. is the truth. When people look at me, they say, Well, you, you're just lucky. Yeah. You were born with great genes. But that actually is the opposite story. Yeah. And I had to learn so a lot of what I'm saying I've really lived. Yeah. And so I learned about eating better and working out, and I ended up starting out with a master's in nutrition and went on to get a naturopathic and chiropractic education and be a scholar in hormones at the Tulane University and write all these books in higher board nutrition information and design vitamins and write books but I would get other people well, but I would be hit by very serious illnesses. So I had multiple cancers, multiple problems. That the answer of medicine was to take out that organ. So I lost seven and a half organs by the time I kept saying, This can't be right. What's going on? I'm eating well from early on.
1: Yeah.
2: I'm exercising. I'm mindful. And yet I'm doing everything right and getting all the wrong outcomes. So I had read an article on the external environment is starting to hijack our internal internet system, which is our hormones. Yep. Our hormones are our physiologic internet system, and they send emails to our cells to tell our cells what to do. And while I was researching that book that made sense to me, and now Harvard, Huffington Post, and all the scientists and countries are saying, other than nuclear war, and global warming, the next threat are these hormone-altering chemicals. So I was writing one of the very first books on how chemicals can sabotage your internet system inside your body. And as I was reading that, I started to see that the animals that were used by the scientists, much of the research has been done in Research Triangle Park at Duke University,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: would end up having almost exactly the same health issues I had. I had this, I had that, I had this. It was exactly the same. And I started to wonder, because much of the exposure that's so detrimental is when you're in the womb. When you're a developing fetus, you're the most vulnerable Uh to any kind of toxic exposure. So I wrote away from my mother's microfish film while I was writing this book, which is about my 17th book or something. I've been already in the health field for long, but I never could maintain, sustain my own health.
0: Your own health, Yeah.
2: And I discovered to my shock, my utter shock, that my mother had been given diethylstilvestrol, the acronym is DES. It's the model compound of why we know that plastics and phthalates and bisphenol A and things that are in your walls and paints and fingernail polish and personal care products can mimic hormones. That's the model that taught us that because that was the most powerful endocrine disrupting compound ever made. And the reason that plastics are so estrogenic is Sir Charles Dodds that invented that. He also invented plastics and he made almost everything invented estrogenic. So my mother was given this because at the time, gynecologists that were well-educated and at the top hospitals in Chicago, they thought this was like a prenatal vitamin. They said this is going to make a pregnancy a better pregnancy. And it was sold under 375 different names. It was given for over 30 years to millions of pregnant women. Oh,
0: my gosh. I didn't know it was that big. Wow. It's it's huge. huge. And And a lot of doctors
2: today don't even
0: remember this.
2: It was such a huge public health tragedy because I'm, of course, older. I was one of the first people that got it. And depending on how much you got and what time of the pregnancy, you got all these downstream issues. So the reason I have so many books is that I couldn't have children. Most of the daughters born to pregnant moms that were given this drug were infertile.
1: Wow.
2: So my books my children. Yeah. My books, my legacy, because I couldn't have my own kids. Yeah. So I sent away from my mother's microfish films while writing a book on this very issue that I had no idea I was a victim of. And I got the envelope back. I was shaking. I ripped this envelope open. I pull it out. I take a deep breath. I sit down and I hold it up to my eyes. And there it was. Whoa. I was a DES daughter. I was a victim of endocrine disruption that I was writing one of the very first books that came out 20 years ago, although now I have more books on it, informing the public of how we need to try to reduce our exposure to endocrine-disrupting compounds. So once I knew what was wrong, see that's the whole thing of health issues, if you could figure out what's wrong, the root cause. Then you can kind of organize yourself with data, with allies, with thinkers to get right. So for many years, doctors were telling me, look, you've lost a kidney. You've lost an adrenal gland. You've lost half of your thyroid. You've lost your uterus. You've lost this. You've lost that. You've had these cancers. You've had multiple cancers, diagnoses. You're never going to be a well person. And the endocrinologist here in town almost 20 years ago put his hand on my shoulder And he looked at me, and he said, everyone loves him. Dr. Blevins, he's a good guy. Everyone says he's a smart guy. He looked at me, and he said, Lindsay, you're just going to have to age gracefully. You're never never going to be a a really well person. The the sooner you come to peace with that, the more you'll stop being frustrated. You're just not going to be well. You've lost too many organs. We don't know why. We can't help you. What that meant was he didn't
0: know how to help me. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, so – Wayne Dyer used to say that in the Aboriginal societies, which of course are close to you, yeah, that yeah. they have a they have an idea that if a person is really bad and they're gonna they've been bad to the community, they throw bones at that person and then they know they only have a week to live and in a week
0: yep. they die. Yeah, okay. so these
2: doctors throw bones at us. They throw bones at us. Yep. But I have learned do not take those bones. <laughs> It only means something if you take those bones on, oh, throw them
0: yes. back at them. <laughs> that, is, that is so important, I think, for people to hear. And we're not saying ignore medical advice. What we're saying is don't take a, a really negative prognosis as the only answer. I mean, I was just talking to you briefly about my mum, and that their answer was she wasn't going to do anything again. She's old. She's, her brain is completely stuffed. Uh, and, and, you know, make her as comfortable as possible and put her in a rest home. Well, I didn't accept that. Just like you did not accept your diagnosis, and and she's she's a walking miracle. She's doing everything again. She's got her life back. She's she's ensconced in her family home. If we had accepted that prognosis and and diagnosis that she was not going to, then where would we be today? Where would she be? And it makes me so sad. I mean, this was only you know this is only a single case, but you hear of this time and time again. Of people who have well, so much of medicine,
2: medicine Vulcan mind melts, downloads to us, learned helplessness.
0: helplessness.
2: yes. Oh, I got, I got, rheumatoid, got rheumatoid arthritis, arthritis. Yep. I'm never going to be really well, I got to yep. stay in proclanil, I got to stay in methotrexate, uh, this is me, this is me, and you sit on the couch, yep. becoming smaller and smaller and smaller. Yep. Well, just to get back to that story, so once I understood that I was a DES daughter, And I was a scholar at a hormone think tank at Tulane, and I worked with the scientists that unveiled the DES story and all the scientists that invented, discovered estrogen receptor alpha, estrogen receptor beta, the top scientists in hormone field and hormones in the environment. So we dove into the literature and we wanted to find out what is the mechanism by which DES causes cancer in the babies born to the women given given it when they were pregnant. And we discovered that it tamps down tumor suppressor genes. And they're genes that are supposed to watch your back. Everybody gets a cancer cell here and there, and you've got these tumor suppressor genes that pounce on it, pounce on it, and kill that cancer cell, and you can go on your merry way. Well, I don't have those tumor suppressor Ah. genes. So once I found out which ones they were, which were P53 and WIN7, then I sleuthed the literature for what would upregulate them, what would make them more functional, Mm -hmm. and I discovered a a hormone metabolite that had not been given as a prescription to anyone other than in a commercial analog, and I had a doctor friend of mine write a script for me, and I started taking it, and knock on wood, because I knew the root cause, and I sleuthed and took charge. That was almost 16 years ago now, and I have been really able to enjoy the youth in my old age that I never got to enjoy when I was young.
0: Well, that gives us, that gives us hope because it's, so you you've managed to, I mean, you were, you were lucky that you were an academic, you're you surrounded by the right people with the right scientists, the right knowledge uh, that you were able to take control of the situation. I mean, what are the chances for most people uh, who don't have that sort of a background? You know, it's, it's sad.
2: Well, that is a great question. And today, just like you and I right now, you're in your home in New Zealand. I don't know what time it is over there. I'm in Austin, Texas, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. And we're hanging out together on Skype so that your community gets to hear some some of what's going on with my life. And this weekend, I'm going to reverse this and share your story with my community because of the wonder of cyberspace. So because we have this now, People can hire myself or people like me. There's many more people like me. I just had a doctor on my radio show that's a mold expert, but what he loves to do now is consult with people all over the world and have them bring their practitioner on the phone so he can educate them at the same time he's helping them. I do the same thing. I say, if you want to get some of my benefit of 47 years, it is a little bit, I'm not you know, the cost of a nutritionist around the corner at the gym, but you get to hang with me and I get to give you my information if you yeah. want it, if you want to bring your practitioner or doc on the phone so we can educate them. And so now we live in a time where there's so much, uh, sexy promiscuity potential of information like never before.
0: Yeah. 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 And, and, and so, I mean, this is what, this is what the miracle force for me too. And, and in our case, was the internet that enabled me to, to get in touch with the top people in the world and get answers and find the most breakthrough technology. And this is why I'm passionate about this on my podcast, is, is to get the cutting-edge information out there about and how we can better live our lives, what things we need to avoid. I mean, there's so much conflicting information out there. That's the other thing, you know, that that's so difficult for people. How do you... You know, as far as nutrition goes, as far as supplement goes, as far as exercise goes, everybody's got their own opinion, and that's very, very well, hard.
2: Well, it's always been like that. Everybody's always had their own opinion, or the king had his opinion, and even though you had your own opinion, and you had to shut up. There's always been lots of opinions, and I do like that we have the freedom of lots of opinions, and some things work for some people, and some things work differently for other people, but it is... A real journey to find the people whose message one works for you or holds some promise for you. And that when you hear them, your being, your internal environment says they're authentic. They're for real. They're not just about becoming famous and about themselves or selling me something. Yeah. Yet you still need to make money. But it's so many people are trying to be a star on the internet and sell you something and sell themselves, that you have to kind of separate out who's for real with an answer for you versus wanting to just look like they have an answer for you. But it's always been that there's been lots of opinions. And even in straight medicine, if you go to a cardiologist with a serious heart issue and you go to three or four different cardiologists, you're apt to get three or four different opinions so that is kind of life I know it gets us down and we get frustrated and there's a lot of bad information but it is just kind of how isness it's isness so if you could just say okay take a deep breath and roll up your shirt sleeves listen to shows like yours where you're bringing on really so I you heard me on bulletproof with Dave Dave Asprey
0: which I love too Dave's amazing yeah so
2: uh we are doing a series of tv podcasts he's done one Mutter, who's a real forward-thinking neurologist that my one of my best friends was in practice with him till he uh, just retired, is now doing a lot of media and teaching. And I do that part-time and part-time still see a few patients, but I'm kind of semi-retired in that way. And I'm doing a show too, and it's called Redefining Medicine. Wow. And we're trying to let, it's not my company that's putting it on, it's being put on by A4M, which is a very large teaching institution. That reaches about 120 countries to try and train physicians that want to see this new way where you look for root cause and you have all these natural answers. And sometimes if you need regular meds, you can do it. But for a shorter period of time, Mm -hmm. instead of taking patients with serious heart disease to transplant, trying to avoid that and make their heart better again. All kinds of things like that. So there's more and more of that starting to happen. But whenever the white light comes forward, you know, there is a backlash with the darkness and there's always a battle, right?
0: So what is wrong with our medical – I mean, we're in New Zealand, it may be slightly different, but the pharmaceutical industry seems to be so all-powerful that – the answers when you when you go with a present with a problem it's either surgery or pharmaceuticals there's never any oh, what's the root cause I mean I'm dealing with an issue now which I'm definitely going to consult you with um, next week or, or sometime shortly uh, I have fibroids and I have adenomyosis um, and I'm seeing this now that my eyes are open to this problem um, hundreds of girlfriends and, and people that I know who have this why uh, for example when I go to the gynecologist here, their answer is cut it out. Have a, have a hysterectomy. That's what right. I'm facing right now. Uh, I've been on the birth control pill for my entire adult life. Um, and that's probably had a, a massive impact on the, for the, you know, looking at the research. Um, do you think that they're not, to me, to have just go to straight to hysterectomy it goes against my, my grain. And what I believe, and I'm probably going to have to because the horse is bolted. But don't we need to get to the root cause of where these fibroids came from, where this adenomyosis came from, why are the hormones out of balance? You know, is it. So you're asking about 10 questions, yeah, and sorry. I can spend an hour on them,
2: but I'm going to try and see if I can hone it down. And all of them are really good and thoughtful. Well, it's multifactorial. First of all, Inorganic food has now been shown in animal models to block our own production of progesterone. Ah. M- many fibroids and adenomyosis, which is, which is um, bleeding in the wrong place. Yeah. You ha- it's an inflammatory condition. All of that is worsened when you don't have enough progesterone uh-huh. in ratio to estrogen. Sugar, even fructose, excessive fructose, not just sucrose, sugar too much sugar even fruit juice also blocks the production of progesterone there are many chemicals in the environment that are anti-progestins when we did when i wrote hormone deception they were able to take rhesus monkeys and expose them in the womb to chemicals like dioxin and create adenomyosis and fibroids 100% of the time oh my God. so part of this is the dirty environment so part of working with you from a um, root cause holistic viewpoint is to get your receptors working again because because of inorganic foods and toxins in the environment or poor dietary choices etc you got to reboot those receptors get your hormones balanced hormones aren't just about older age anymore uh-huh. giving them to women with hot flashes they're really we have hormonal imbalances now starting from the womb to the tomb not uh-huh. not just at the tomb closer to the tomb amount and Doctors in practice right now were never t- trained that way. No. They weren't trained that way. I had Dr. William Davis on my show who's a cardiologist. He wrote the book Wheat Belly that's been, a,
0: yeah,
1: been on the no, bestseller
2: no, list yep, forever. And his yep, latest book in May – was called Undoctored. Undoctored. Why the health care system has failed you and how to be smarter than your doctor. And he said on my show, the only way we're going to get change is when these doctors that think like this die out. He said, I hate to put it like this, but they weren't trained like that in schools. Well, that's what naturopaths and, and natural practitioners and health coaches, they're filling in the gaps, like Rocky said in, in the movie Rocky about his love for Adrian. we filling yeah, yeah, yeah. the gaps. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But uh, they're... They just weren't trained. They don't think like that. They've got an allegorhythm that if you got this issue, then you use either meds or procedures and the pharma company is the pharma companies are so powerful, it's just medicine has become handing out pharmaceuticals, doing an allegorhythm. They put in the diagnosis, at least here in the States, up pops, um the four or five drugs that they could choose to treat you. And that's how they do it. They don't really talk to you about your lifestyle or root cause or avoiding the pharmaceuticals or being on them shorter while you fix the underlying problem. They are not trained that way. So it just is what it is. So you have to find your way to the people that are trained that way. And I went to the University of Michigan and they're beginning to have a complementary medicine program in Canada. McMaster's is starting to have a complementary medicine program. They say the new med school here in Austin, the Dell med school, they're going to try and do that. Whether they do that, I don't know or not, but it's starting to grow a tiny, tiny bit. I just yeah. was at a conference of 450 doctors in San Diego and we were all there because we wanted to say that with Social media and the internet, there's transparency now in almost all industries, but not medicine. What the heck is with that? And the patient is at the bottom of the heap and being dumped with pharmaceuticals or options of surgery or go home, there's no hope for you, like your mother was told. When that is not the case, so what can we do about it? So we are 450 doctors that all want to get our message out on the Internet, on TV shows and books, and start letting people know that there's a different way to do it. But it takes effort and elbow grease.
0: Yeah, and it takes patients who are researching and looking for themselves to be able to ask the right questions. You know, to be able to go to your doctor and say, I've heard this. I mean, I went to the doctor last week. And I said, I've been researching, you know, I've, you know, she knows my history, she knows my problems. I've been researching about estrogen dominance, about uh, uh, endocrine disrupting problems, about birth control pills. Is this something that I can, you know, she just said, oh, what a load of rubbish. She said, Indian- <laughs> if that means that she, when you hear someone say that,
2: you have to remind yourself. But it's hard because they've got the diplomas on yeah. the wall and, and you want to be a good girl. Not. They've got the white jacket on and the stethoscope. It's a very intimidating situation. Yeah. But what that means is that they don't know this information because it's human to be down on what you're not up on yeah so they're not up on this stuff so they're down on this stuff but you don't really know that I didn't know that for so many years even being in the natural industry I let myself get intimidated to lose all those organs yeah. because I was told it was the only way but now with hindsight which is 2020 yeah. I'm able to see the bigger picture and I have so many patients tell me that their doctors if Not their gynecologists and endocrinologists don't really believe in hormones. No. Well, they're not a religion. They're not a religion, and they're the main signaling systems in your body, and your brain is run. It has hormones deliver a signal to proteins in the shape of a little Pac-Man receptor, Mm -hmm. and they're all over your brain to receive estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, oxytocin. You should have a sexy brain. Those are sex hormones, not just about reproduction or sex, but they run your brain. That's why my latest book is called Sexy Sexy Brain. But when those hormones are being attacked by food, bad food, bad choices, sugar, chemicals or older age, as we age, we get less hormones. But more and more in younger age we're having less out yeah, of balance hormones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then your brain isn't working as well. No, and no, it's real, but they're not trained in it. <laughs> <laughs> they're throwing bones. Well, I okay, hate now, it.
0: You know, like she said, look I've been watching you for the last year, and I know you're trying to fight this hysterectomy that's coming at you, but there is just no way in hell you are going to stop this bus. It's coming. And everything that you've learned is a load of rubbish, and endocrinologists are, are absolutely frustrated at people like you that go out and research and think you know it all. That was her answer. And I came away crying because thinking, well, that's my last shot. I... and and, you know and I'm not one who gives up easily obviously um and and I'm still fighting to find
1: well I don't really know
2: what your whole situation so I I can't comment on it and fibroids are once they have their own blood supply yeah they're hard to get rid of but When I was working at Charity Hospital at Tulane, I worked with Myron Moorhead, who runs Women's Laser Clinic. It was in New Orleans, but after Katrina, he moved to another town. And he has a way to completely get rid of fibroids. Every single one, you have to go in and find all the seedlings and everything and completely save your uterus. And women, after he works with them, go out and have babies. Wow. And they have no scar tissue because he sprays inner seed. You know if a doctor would take the time to use a ten buck bottle of intercede and spray it on abdominal tissues, they don't stick together and then you don't get scar tissue, but they don't do it because oh why shouldn't they do anything extra that they won't get reimbursed from the insurance company but as a patient, you wouldn't know this no, no, but no. he's been operating like that since I was at Tulane almost twenty years ago when hormone wow. deception, my major book came out he he's been Operating like this for 20, 30 years, so there are doctors around the country. He hasn't retired yet,
1: and he's the only on person I know
2: him. that's older than me. So you ought to go over to him and get Try yourself. Try and save my uterus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's usually answers, but so my ex was an ER doc. Yep. And he would work in a hospital, and if he knew that there was a better answer for this patient at another hospital. He would lose his job if he told them. Wow. So you have to understand that medicine is trumped by money. It's not always trumped by you, the patient. Sometimes you meet a doc that operates like that, and God bless them, and God bless you, but that isn't the way of the world at the moment, so unfortunately, we make more mistakes on the road to finding the right and better answers, but... Remember, I I tell women, when you ask most of your docs about hormones or about procedures due to hormonal issues, 90% of the time you're going to get wrong answers or biased answers or just from that one opinion, sleuth somebody else out from two or three other diverse opinions if you can and then put it all together. It's good to have a little team with a geek on the team who's a thinker. And it can help you look at the science and the data and your situation and get a bigger picture that's not just from that one allopathic view- viewpoint.
0: Yeah, and this one traditional viewpoint. And that's why we need discussions like this. All right, let's get on, Doctor. to um, endocrine disruptors. So toxic, we're living in a toxic soup.
2: What we, are. Are. What we are, we are, what are I mean, do? Harvard
0: is coming out, you can go
2: online and put in Harvard and hormone altering chemicals, and they're giving free forums for the public online, saying that this is the next public health tragedy next to nuclear war or global warming. Because 20 years ago, we only had 3% complications in pregnancies. Yeah. Now we have 25% of each pregnancy has complications. We are seeing early Alzheimer and Parkinsonian brain tissue changes in six and seven and eight-year-old kids. Oh, wow. We are seeing damage due from hormones to the mothering areas of the brain. So we are seeing changes in milestones of our species. The girls are menstruating earlier. They're going into perimenopause earlier and to menopause earlier. The young men are having an epidemic of insufficient testosterone, hypogonadism in young men. We are seeing a menopause syndrome in teenage girls. is an epidemic called polycystic ovarian syndrome. Uh-huh. We are in trouble. Yeah. There's a flashing red light. Our semen counts are going down. Shauna Swan did most of the research on that. I worked with her at Tulane. She's been publishing data on sperm counts going down um, over the last few decades. And she just came out over the last week. Washington Post called me up to, to give them some comments on her new research. Yeah, so we have a,
1: yeah.
2: So we have a planet. Yep. Right now it's ill. Yep. And we live on this Mother Earth that we love, but we haven't honored Mother Earth. And so we are now our children are getting ill. In one of the chapters in my book, Hormone Deception, an anthropologist, Elizabeth Gillet, went around the world interviewing mothers around the world, and they're all saying, What is going wrong with my child's brain? They have anger out of control, disrespect out of control, attention deficit hyperactivity, Asperger's syndrome, autism. This is a lot of it, not all of it, but a lot of it is diet and environmental toxic exposure, mm-hmm. which you can do some things about, mm-hmm. but you, can't, it's so new. The science of endocrine disruption just started in the, the latter part of the 1990s, 1997, 98. It's new. Yeah. So the first books to ever come out on it were three books. Mine was one of them, Our Stolen Future, Hormonal Chaos, and my book, Hormone Deception. Mm-hmm. And those came out a little under 20 years ago. This is brand new. Yeah. So you've got to work with somebody who knows about it because none of the doctors in school are being trained in this. I just launched a course online for smart patients and practitioners. It's available online. You can yep. go and purchase it. That shows the new way of looking at hormones because of the hormonally toxic planet. So we have to look at hormones in a new way. And when you have an illness, we have to figure out how to help you hormonally, but also getting rid of the toxins and making everything work better in light of the toxicity. And so not a lot of people know about that. And endocrine disruption means that there are pollutants in our everyday life. For example, in the bathroom, a teenage girl is exposed in the United States to almost 20 endocrine disrupting compounds by the time she leaves the bathroom. In our personal care products, etc. And an adult, about half of that. And it affects, it's in our canned foods, the lining of canned foods, bisphenol A. The more you have canned foods per month, the more you risk a breast cancer and the more you risk that your kid's brain doesn't work as well. So these are important, important things. These outer chemicals look similarly enough to that receptor, the Pac-Man shape of receptor like a satellite dish, that they can swim on into that receptor, especially in the womb, especially in the womb, and deliver aberrant or false signals. And when a mother breastfeeds... All that she's been exposed to in her life, she downloads about 80% of her toxins in that wonderful, marvelous breast milk oh. while the baby's developing. That doesn't mean you shouldn't breastfeed, but it means if you haven't had a baby yet, you should do green pregnancy prep. Yep. And I have a whole... Um, oh, I've
0: got a friend who needs that.
2: <laughs> yeah, and there's, there's, you should be... D- detoxing has to go mainstream, yep. and there's gentle ways on a daily basis, and there's ways like in my brand new book, Sexy Brain, where I have yeah. a 10-day detox that people do that it's best to do before you go on hormone replacement. And it's based on the old fireman detox literature, because firemen are highly exposed to chemicals on the job.
0: I'm married to one, and my father and my brother are firemen. (laughs) Oh,
2: okay. Well, you know, they're such wonderful human beings.
0: And And the original
2: detox research came from firemen. Wow. In, In the 1950s, there were a lot of firemen. They run into a burning building. They're marvelous human beings to help save us. And they're exposed to the most toxins anybody's exposed to, unless you're at a super fun site or in a nuclear war. And they would have cognitive issues and health issues. So they came up with effective detox methods, which I then found in the literature. And then with my work at Tulane and writing my books, I put together and tweaked it a little bit more for hormones. But it was based on original fireman detox literature that was published in peer-reviewed scientific literature.
0: Wow. Uh, Yeah. I mean... I know my husband, though, his very first week at work was he ended up in the hospital with um, chemical poisoning from, you know, and that was that was day one, <laughs> you know. Well, and you know, was, it's
2: interesting. I learned at an environmental conference, maybe this is part of your own health issue, when you sleep with somebody who has toxins in them, they like a smoker yeah. or someone who runs into burning buildings like you do, they they outgas chemicals right next to you while you're sleeping at night so you get a tertiary exposure so the two of you would be good to detox together
0: (laughs) the family that detoxes together stays together together. I I love it, I'm going to try these detox I mean we need to detox anyway and I can't wait to finish a book and and, um, I'm hoping I can get on your course I'm saving up for it Um, it, it, I'm going
2: to give you a special discount are you kidding me?
0: (laughs) Intellectually
2: capable to be able it. to serve a community in New Zealand. I oh, mean, thank it. you very much for having me on, really. No, and all it. your emails were so thoughtful and positive, And I was excited <laughs> to meet you because when someone, you meet forward with your heart. Yep. It was smart plus heart. And I appreciate that's generosity of spirit. So I appreciate that.
0: Well, I, I, what I loved about you and your show too was that you just, you put it all out there. What you see is what you get. You are who you, you, you you're you're a super intelligent woman, but you're also a human being, and you're just funny, and and you just obviously care so much. And this is what I'm missing is so much in the in the in the medical world too is this actual care. Authenticity. It's yeah. Hardly any. And it, it, it's, it's not, not just in this.
2: the medical world; it's everywhere. Yeah. but It's so hard to be in the world today where there's so little authenticity and generosity of spirit. So much is bullcrap and people wanting to see what they can get from you. And, or they sound really good and really great. But then after a while you figure out that you were fed a line and you, you didn't see it coming. And, and so I talk in my, my new book, about why there's less authentic human connection related to toxicity in our environment that's affecting parts of our brain for authentic connection. And then I give ideas of what to do and why nature intended us to have authentic connection, what, how that yeah, care takes the brain.
0: Well, let's explore that because in Sexy Brain, you okay. talk about the importance of intimacy. You talk about the importance of touch, of how making love uh, releases certain hormones into the body, which are positive. They actually have a health benefit when you make love your partner for example i mean how how tell us about that
2: so first of all it was so bizarre that i wrote this book if you would have asked me five years ago if i would ever be writing a book on intimacy or human connection i would have asked you go go to go do do not pass go what is that do not collect two hundred dollars that old monopoly game yeah so I was invited by a surgeon and a urologist who were planning on opening up 100 erectile dysfunction clinics to co-author a book for them for the waiting room. They say, we see you've written about 13 books on hormones yep. at that time. So let's do this book together. Oh, hand me enough money and I'll do it. You know, it sounds like a great idea. So, <laughs> you do have to have some money to live, right? Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely. Nothing so, wrong with
2: that. And I do like having my paws and claws done and being womanly. I, I like... Looking nice, so I I, I love to shout. So <laughs> anyway, not all my girlfriends do. So I started doing due diligence on hormones and intimacy because a lot of their patients were people who were having erectile dysfunction, etc. And I was shocked at the literature on intimacy, blown away. And then all of a sudden, I the dust started to clear from piles and piles of research. Whenever I write a book, it's usually two to three to four years of research. Hormone deception took me six because it was a brand new field. And my home is, there's piles of research everywhere. (laughs) And I started to understand, and no one's ever said this before. This is out of my own concoction, but out of the research, it emerged as a reality to my heart that nature never does anything without a reason, never. And nature is always about taking care of the next generation to keep nature going. So when a man and a woman hug, they both make more testosterone. There was a study at Georgia State University where they took 11 heterosexual couples and they took a look at their blood levels and, and saliva levels of testosterone before uh, they made love in, in the at night and then after they made love or if they didn't make love, they took it in the morning and they just took a look at people's hormone levels when they made love and when they didn't. Mm-hmm. Every single time a man and woman make love, they make more testosterone. When they didn't make love, not that it was the same or even keel, they made less testosterone, less testosterone. When a woman is monogamous with a man and 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 doesn't have to use a condom and receives the semen, there it's like a multi... Vitamin, what mineral, mean? hormone cocktail. It's A unbelievable. Time, it's got mind. estrogens. It, and, it's, and it's paleo. It's low carb. <laughs> so you can be on this and not, you know, worry about glycemic index. But <laughs> uh, it's very high in zinc. And your hormones have to have zinc to work. It's a complete recipe to make the hormones in your brain work, so wait, and a so woman can it. even hang with her girlfriends and get some of that. It doesn't have to be just love making, although the pinnacle of getting your brain bathed in protective chemicals and hormones is love making because nature wants hopefully the adults in the household to be smarter to hopefully have caretake their kids better to have a better family life to keep. The future of the race going, and I started to see that nature had a meaning to intimacy. And then all the data is showing that people are doing it less, people trust other people less, there's less authentic, and there's a lot of data on that. Yeah, and if the owner of OK Cupid has analytics available to him like crazy and published a book as to who men are looking at, and there's millions of men on their site from 21 years old tapering off at real high levels. All those men are looking at twenty two year old women.
1: Yeah, yeah, great. Right. They're not
2: looking at women their own age to really intimately, authentically connect with so porn and technology and being addicted and Velcro to a screen and giving babies a screen early on, causing developmental delays and the ability to authentically connect and not release the hormones that nature intended to bathe the brain in intelligence and protection and safety and IQ. We're losing IQ points all the time. We have the first race of kids who are going to live shorter lives than their adults because of all these things. So I decided to write a book called Sexy Brain, how intimacy is intimately, intimately tied into keeping your brain sexy, how our hormones are under attack and what you can do about it, And the other part that's in the book that I don't get to talk about that much is that one of my mentors at Tulane, his name is Michael Baker. He's a scientist from the University of California between San Diego and and San Francisco. And he's made estrogen and how hormones signal and talk to each other his whole career. Yep. And he calls it archival hormones. And he has come up with these theories about how hormones started to signal hundreds of thousands of years ago. So I translated that information into men and women communicating with each other. Why is it so frustrating? How can we do it with less stress and more success? And how do we translate that into the bedroom? Yep. So I merge all the data of intimacy and hormone altering chemicals and the checklist of what tests to really order if you want to see your chemicals and the 10 day sex hormone receptor detox and I give exactly how to translate all that to a better successful relationship so you can stay together longer and have a healthier home and hopefully have a healthier child.
0: Yeah. And, and be a happier, so when you said when we make love or even when we hug or we have a, an authentic human connection with, with even our family and hugs and friends, we release oxytocin, we release testosterone in the case of man and woman. Why would a woman need testosterone? What what, uh, what what benefits um, you know? Because most of us uh, understand that testosterone as as a masculine hormone, uh, but that's not quite the case, is it? Boy, well, you ask
2: very good questions. I appreciate them. We all have the same hormones, just in different amounts. The size matters in hormones. <laughs> we have the same hormones and test. So testosterone gives many benefits to a woman. In fact, many anti-aging benefits. One major benefit is everybody used to be afraid of the big C cancer, Mm. right? Everybody was scared to death of cancer. Now everybody's afraid of the big C cognitive decline.
0: Yeah.
2: Are we going to outlive the two W's, our wallets and our wits? Yeah. You know, if you outlive your wits and you lose them, you certainly can't keep up your W wallet, right? Yeah. So people who have a genetic glitch called an APOE4 gene, they're at higher risk of dementia, Everybody knows this. It's a uh-huh. dementia gene. If you have keep your testosterone in a higher normal level, it shuts up that gene. And people who have a higher normal level of that gene, even with a, people have higher normal levels of testosterone, who even have that t- genetic tendency for dementia, much more of the time do not get dementia because testosterone is a protective hormone of the brain. Uh huh. There's a part of the brain that's like your physical analogy of your soul. The hippocampus. Oh, I love love you interviewing me. You've read my book and you really know. It is. Nature prioritizes the hippocampus so much it's got the biggest blood flow and more mitochondria, which are energy organelles, than any other More than our heart. Yep. More than our heart. Because that's where the three M's live. Your memories, your motivation, and your sense of meanness. It's kind of who you are. And that little itty bitty organ in the shape of a, a horseshoe shrinks right before people get Alzheimer's disease. Uh-huh. And it could be revolumized. Research now shows if you get estrogen shot for a woman or testosterone shot of a guy, it goes back to younger lo- volumes.
0: Wow. And
2: then you start having better memory and you stand taller and you have less aging symptoms. So the hippocampus is your seat of who you are and how well you live that. And it's completely lined with receptors in the shape of uh, satellite dishes for testosterone, progesterone, oxytocin, all of the hormones. It's run by hormones. And when we age, and it shrinks from hormone insufficiency, but you can, through the wonders of technology and replacement and prescription, you can take those hormones in a balanced, monitored, safe, intelligent, individualized way, and keep that volume better so that you really can live younger longer.
0: And keep your brain. I mean, uh, so, so testosterone is also very important for women um, in general. Like we, we do – what am I trying to say? So men, obviously, their des- testosterone declines as they get older. Is it an important thing for men to have hormone replacement therapy, testosterone therapy, as they age? And is what – should a woman have as replacement hormone replacement? Do they take because we are all estrogen dominance is a massive issue, isn't it? Um, well, that's such a misnomer because that says like all
2: estrogens bad, yeah, but there's the good estrogen dominance.
0: I'm confused. Sarah. There's the good
2: estrogen dominance, so it's not as simplistic as that, but. It's so, hormones are so misunderstood, it's so sad, that's why so many doctors say I don't believe in hormones, as though they're a religion, and they're not a religion. It really is one of the technologies we have that's closer to the anti-aging youth holy grail of anything that we have, and of course, everybody has their own hormonal footprint. They need to be checked. I have some gentlemen that are 80 that don't need hormone replacement, because they still at 80 years old are robust. There are some people that have certain types of cancers that are not a candidate, but usually there's some kinds of things that can be given, even if they have cancer that a regular doc is not aware of. One of the problems of most people looking at hormones, hormones have been my focus of study for over 45 years. And when a woman goes to a doctor, they usually give her estrogen, maybe progesterone, a man who just gives him testosterone if he's thinking about it. Yeah. But hormones are a family,
1: uh-huh.
2: and they function together as a family or dysfunction, so a real in-the-know, what I try and teach to doctors is that estrogen, adrenal hormones, insulin, vitamin D, which is a pro-hormone, progesterone, DHEA, pregnenolone, these are all your hormones, and they all have to be checked, because you can maybe get a wrong reaction to getting replacement when the issue was another hormone, because they morph in and out and all influence each other. So it's very little known that hormones are a large family, and when you really want to assess whether you need hormones, your large family should be checked.
0: The whole thing. So this is a right, and I tell. do have a
2: list of that in my book, um, Sexy Brain, so people can get an idea of that. And now these days, at least in the States, you can order your own blood tests. You don't need to go to a doctor. Do you, do you have those places in New Zealand?
0: No. What no. the heck? No, no, not that I'm you aware have, of. You any
2: lab tests now and many other things. You just walk in, you get a B12 shot, you get an IV drip of oh. nutrients, there's a doctor, you order your own tests Because it's silly that you should only be able to go to a doctor with the power of the prescription pad yeah, to tell you whether you, right you can or you can't.
0: Oh, that, I've, I've got to that come time to should States. go. to New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to come to the States and have all this done. No, like, you know, with, with, um, just briefly touching on my history the last year and a half, struggling with all these uh, uh, problems, fibroids, etc. Um, no one has once offered me a, a hormone test.
2: It's the most... Here you have a hormonal problem. You have adenomyosis and fibroids, which, which are a flashing red light on your physical dashboard. Yeah. It's and imbalance. So it's so… You know, I have another person that I'm working with long distance, I work with people long distance is a non-primary care consultant yes. and she's in Sydney and she has similar issues and no one has ever run a hormone test on her and her doctors say they don't believe in hormones. Yep. It's the craziest thing I've ever... Well, so you have to understand the world's always been a bit crazy. Yeah. You can't be bogged down by the craziness. You have to rise above because your life, no one else will ever have your life. No. You have your life. Yeah. And you've got to grab it and make it work. But it's hard to know to do that when you're just pulling away from the herd. Yeah. I, I felt that myself and I... I you're scary. You don't know where your ground is underneath you and who to listen to you. But you got to be open that there are other ways than the only way that's delivered by the main healthcare system. It's broken it's broken and sometimes it's wonderful if you're in a car accident if you need a hip replacement if you're you know you need an eye surgery because you're having a detached retina it's brilliant Brilliant. man yeah we're not putting on all medicine because that would be silly whoever did that you couldn't listen to them but the common sense says to you if you're really ill let's roll up our shirt sleeves and see if we could get you really well
0: yeah and find out the root cause the symptoms i mean I mean, I don't even know where to go
2: to ask for us. My initial consults are one and a half hours, and on very severe extreme cases, they can go up to three. And then I sit down and I think about that person. I ponder it. I write up these notes. Sometimes I give abstracts to back up what I'm saying, and I make recommendations for... Prescriptions, and that might be up to four hours on a person. Where do you go to get that? No, but that's where medicine is moving with the specialized services.
0: Yep. yep. Do you
2: pay for it. It's cash. It's more money, but someone focuses their whole spotlight on you yep. to try and see if they can help you.
0: Not ten minutes, and here's a drug, and out you go out the door.
2: <laughs> exactly. We'll,
0: we'll chop something out. I mean, you you've been through such a procedure where you've lost your your, your uterus. It's a major. Major uh, operation, isn't it? And it's not something that should be done lightly. Um, and no surgery should be taken lightly. No surgery should be taken lightly. So, where, so you know, people can come to you, like people in New Zealand. I mean, I'm going to definitely have a proper consultation with you. Uh, people can contact you and have a teleconsultation. Sure,
2: Sir, they, they certainly, certainly can. Uh, I do consult with people all over the globe. I have patients in Israel and Barbados and Switzerland. I see patients all over the globe. Some of those patients have joined my course. Yeah. Um, I am doing more courses. I'm putting out very soon a a wide variety of courses, gut courses, hormone altering courses. I'm going to have a whole university online at Thinkific. So I could take a lot of my information like I'm speaking in um, Chicago, in two weeks with four gastroenterologists, it's a gastrointestinal module for A4M for, to train medical doctors. And I'm speaking on the myths and misunderstandings and use of hydrochloric acid, stomach acid. Uh, yeah. On reflux, yep. I'm speaking on the exactly what you touched on. Um, what are the side effects of birth control pills? Why are women not told? And they're linked to inflammatory bowel disease and leaky gut. And what is the other thing? Oh, and liver disease, the the epidemic of liver disease that's happening. So I'm speaking on all those things. And what I'm going to do, because I put those together, so I'm going to make smaller courses available for people and all of that, just kind of bring it down to a level without all that, you know, as many, I'll, I'll leave a lot of the citations maybe at the end or something. But there's so much information that people need to know. For example, I used to work with this amazing internist in Oklahoma one week out of each month, and he died, unfortunately. He was, he had been in practice for over 55 years. And we had a sonographer, an ultrasound specialist. So when people came in for their checkup, we didn't just give them a, a short little nothing generic blood test once a year and say, you're fine, kick you out, which means nothing. Mm. We would ultrasound their liver, to see if they had fatty liver, which is silent we would ultrasound their kidneys to see the perfusion rate of the blood we would ultrasound their thyroid we would ultrasound their carotid really? we really we spent about 3 hours with them in my old clinic in california which was around the corner from Linus Pauling, the only guy to get two Nobel Prizes, we did the same thing. And it's hard to find somebody like that. Now I could just talk with you, but I can't, when you're in New Zealand, write a script or do those things. It would be so great if you had somebody there that would be willing to learn and be on the phone call or work with you, us. That would be nice.
0: <laughs> I'll keep looking. <laughs> but I a lot,
2: lot th- that you can do with nutrition.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I have been working you know, with a functional nutritionist here, Gary Moller, who um, I have told about you, and I'm seeing another um, doctor, uh, integrated medicine doctor on Monday, and I will tell her about you, um, and, and, and perhaps, you know, and that open at least to these new learnings. But, you know, going, I mean, fatty, fatty liver, for example, no one does an ultrasound here that I've ever been told about. I know, and it's crazy. So in
2: Oklahoma, we would charge $45 an organ to to ultrasound it. So when I came back to Austin, I said, you know, we found so many young people with fatty liver. It was crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And so when I came back to Austin, I would order an ultrasound, and then they would want $600 because medicine's out of control here. The price of medicine is out of control in the States. But in Oklahoma, he... Hired his own sonographer so he could charge what little he wanted. He'd been in practice for years and he was an old time doc. Yeah. And he didn't want to really wear no, people same. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's very hard to find that kind of thinking and it's even hard to get it and be able to afford it if it's not reimbursed by insurance. So, um, no, and the only awesome. way you really know you have a fatty liver is if you do imaging, but fatty liver is the basis of elevated blood sugar and disinsulinism and type 2 diabetes. And so a lot of people can overcome those illnesses. You can overcome type 2 diabetes if you can get rid of fatty liver and fatty pancreas. Yep. And they have doctors who've done MRIs, pre and post MRIs, watching the fat clear out of those organs while they do inter- natural interventions to treat them. Wow. But regular diabetologists aren't taught that in school. So you're left with taking all these meds that yep. keep you and a conveyor belt of pharmaceuticals, and you never really become well. You have learned helplessness. I've got a disease that's
0: incurable.
2: Most diseases are not incurable, not all, and nothing works 100% for everybody. But wouldn't you want to try to be cured with all your might to get well and enjoy the next few decades of your life? Yeah. I mean, I am really an older person, but I'm a younger person in an older carnation. Yeah. I now have, I do dance marathons, go on week-long canoe trips. I've got my 20-second book coming out, and most people my age talk slowly yeah. and don't move as well and are on a ton of meds.
0: So it, that brings the point of exercise. I mean, obviously, I'm an exercise aficionado, and, and, well, I've probably taken it to the other extreme, and we can talk about that as well. Uh, what damage you can do when you uh, end up getting abdemyelosis a hundred times and um, stuff like that. But generally speaking, for if there's one thing that we can all be doing, it's exercise regularly. What, why is exercise so good for your hormones and why is it so good for your whole body? If
2: exercise were a drug, we'd want to put it in the water. <laughs> it is the most beneficial thing that you can do other than Balancing your hormones. Exercise improves your neuroplasticity. It improves your gut health, where 80% of your immune system lives. It improves your cardiovascular health. It improves your renal, your kidney health. Exercise keeps you dynamic and vital. If you're no longer comfy in your own body suit, And you interact with the world outside of you from a place of discomfort. Your life is a different life than somebody who feels good inside themselves. Mm. And it takes motion, regular motion and discipline. When the Dalai Lama was interviewed about happiness, he laughed so much because people would go, what is happiness, Dalai Lama? What is happiness? And he would laugh. He said, it's vitamin D. (laughs) Discipline.
0: Uh,
1: (laughs)
2: Disciplining yourself to live a life where it creates contentment and harmony, which comes partially with motion and movement and keeping this body suit as healthy as you possibly can. And sitting syndrome, they now have research out. So sitting is the new smoking everyone is saying. Yep. But the Women's Health Initiative Observational Trial took a look at women who sit more than 10 hours a day. When I write, do my slides, write my books, I see my patients, I have a problem with this because I sit so much. Now, I go to the gym every single day and I dance and canoe, but it doesn't offset all that sitting. And I don't do well with standing desks, but they showed that for every 10 hours of sitting you do a day, you biologically age another 10 years faster. Wow. And your hormones get into a pattern that put you at risk of hormone-driven diseases like breast cancer and endometriosis, et cetera. Or if you exercise a little bit too much. Mm, but, my problem. <laughs> well, I think in our world today, we, there are a lot of people who love to exercise. That is, It's interesting. We are seeing much more esophageal cancer disease because we do so much exercise. We have a lot more abdominal pressure going upward. Because wow. there's like an 850% increase in esophageal cancer in the last 17 years. Wow. And, and younger and younger people. And they're thinking it's from intense exercise so much that there's a lot of the Valsalva maneuvers where you have this abdominal pressure from exertion. Yeah. And, and we're not that used to that much exertion. But yet a lot of people feel better and love it. I, I'm not here commenting on it. Yeah. But moving really does keep you moving and people end up as they get older and older sitting more and more in front of their television and becoming faster older and older. Yep. So exercise is fantastic. It treats and prevents when people have cancer, the more they exercise, the fitter they are. It helps them either beat it or cohabitate with that cancer better. I tell all my patients that are really ill, you want to train for your wellness like it was a marathon. Yeah.
0: yeah. You got to get fit. Yeah. There's no there's no there's no um Backing off because you're sick. um, I mean, obviously, in the acute phase of any any uh, major illness, you have to. But as soon as you can get up, and as soon as you can move, do so.
2: But I tell them that you that's right because sometimes people are so fatigued and it hurts so badly they can't but I go well then just move your arm up and down just 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 uh, compress your thigh muscles just compress them flap your stomach while you're lying in bed up and down I always give them something whatever if you're lying on your back or stuck in a chair there's something you could do to start getting even if it's in a a rocking chair and you rock that chair back and forth you want to circulation is life and the less you're circulating, the less you have life force to help you achieve what you want to achieve, whether it's overcoming an illness or finishing that book or closing the deal in the yep. corporate, you know, uh, in the conference room. So circulation is life and we need to keep moving.
0: Well, even, you know, with mom who was uh, unable to move anything at the beginning, you know, I got her with her feet on a, a vibration plate. You know that's
2: exactly right that's doing what you can do at that moment it's boy it was it, that yeah. what a loving daughter she you were obviously lucky to have her that you love oh, her yeah. so much that you would do all this so she obviously gave to you and now she's lucky to have you giving back
0: oh, to she's, her she's, she's with your
2: wisdom and you were able to revive her resurrect her
0: yeah
2: as this you both gave each other life
0: yeah 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 my, my mom is my rock of my world everybody who knows me knows uh, um, we're a package deal and and the funny thing is, you know, <laughs> I, <love> I, that. <laughs> I, I take her everywhere with me. All my business meetings, you know, it's um, want me, you know, take me, take my mom, you know.
2: <laughs> she, I love that. My her. dad I and I were like that, that. and when he, nice when I used to live in New, in New Mexico my dad came and spent a few weeks with me and he would sit with me with patience. And yeah. if I went out on a date, he would go out with me on the date yeah. and I would say, well, I'm bringing my dad.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. He's <laughs> He's
0: well, coming I did that with. too on my first <laughs> date with my husband, her, you know, mum came with us, you know, just, you know, if you, if you, if you want to hang out with me, you're hanging out with my mom. <laughs> I love that. And she's just so beautiful. Um, and, the, and the brilliant thing is like, you, now that she's got her marbles back or her, her wits back and everything, she fights. And she's motivated. And, and I push her really hard. And people have always, the whole way along, you're pushing her too hard. You, she, you, you, why don't you just let her be? Why don't you just relax and smell the roses with her and just sit around? I said, no, she will die if I do that. She will do you have a picture of her there that you could hold up so I could see I her do. while you're
2: uh, Let me see a picture of this mom. What's her name?
0: Her, her name is Isabel. Isabel. And she's... Isabel. Hi, Isabel. Hi, Isabel. She nice all... to
2: meet you through your amazing daughter. She... I mean, what a our kids are our mirrors. So, boy, she's she's shines bright in that mirror. So, let me. Oh. I'm looking forward to see Isabel's picture. She's. A... Okay. Let me see. You now,
0: this is my brother actually carrying my mom to the sea. So, sorry, listeners, you can't see this. Oh, oh. Ah. oh. But uh... that's a picture
2: of her brother yeah, carrying my, my her mother my brother. on the sand, walking close to the ocean. What? Oh, look at her. She's beautiful. I could see the, the resemblance of both of you. She's,
0: She's beautiful. Incredible. Beautiful. And her guts and determination, it, it just shows me that you can overcome. And she never – ever. I mean, I'm lucky. She never complains. She just gets on with it. I take her to hyperbaric every day or every – you know, a few times a week now. Um, and that's, that was a massive uh, – hyperbaric oxygen therapy was a massive part of her rehabilitation because, you know, oxygen, once again um, – helps. See, oxygen is like circulation.
2: Yeah. It's the same. It's equipment, equivalent, yep. right? Yep. And the brain eats glucose and oxygen. Yep. And then if the glucose system gets futzed up in type three diabetes, then you want to have the brain eat ketones. So that's the three things the brain really eats are oxygen and glucose. But then when the insul- it's there's disinsulinism, yep. then you want to have it eat ketones, which is the third thing that can eat. But hormones, the brain has a very tight blood-brain barrier around the brain. Yeah. Very tight junctions. So to not let bad stuff in. But it needs to have omega-3 fatty acids like the fish oil DHEA, dexahecanoic acid. It needs taurine, biotin, it needs B vitamins, and estrogen and hormones, estrogen and testosterone open up those gates. Oh. And facilitate a transport protein that allows those hormone, those, those brain boosting nutrients to get into the brain. So we need hormones yeah. to keep feeding our brain. Uh, there's glial cells like brain glue that surround each neuron and caretake those neurons, like loving grandmas and grandpas, these neurons and oxytocin goes in that you get from an uh, orgasm. And all of us pulse out now oxytocin in adult life, every five, 2 to 5 minutes all of us make it it crosses the blood brain barrier and it helps facilitate those the brain glue the glial cells to better caretake your nerves so hormones you want a sexy brain sex steroid hormones like estrogen progesterone testosterone and also the exotic hormones it's not a sex steroid hormone but oxytocin
0: So how can, so someone who's had a stroke or is facing dementia or Alzheimer's, they really should be looking at their hormone panel and finding out what's wrong, as well as people, you know, like myself with with, uh, gynecological issues or, so basically anyone who's got Anything should get the hormones tested.
2: <laughs> well, everyone <laughs> should get their, their hormones tested once every 10 years to know where they're at yeah. and have it as baselines, even kids today. But what you're saying is so sophisticated because there's a lot of research now showing that post-stroke, if people get on hormone replacement, that they have better, faster brain repair and development right. after the stroke. They, after, after a stroke, you have a lot of leaky gut, which is one of the reasons you get translocation of, gut bacteria across the gut lining into the lungs and you can have a um, oh. really have your life at risk with pneumonia after a stroke but if you're given hormones to help tighten the leaky gut and, and and probiotics to fix that up you can reduce that so if people understand the physiology of these issues they can go in and help things with that and um, you just said one other thing besides stroke what was that because yeah, so, i was going to
0: uh, al- alzheimer's and and dementia and
2: oh right oh yeah so very good questions, Lisa. So at the so at the Department of Neurology at UCLA, David Bresdin has been publishing his works for over ten years now in Aging Journal. That's the name of the journal, Aging yep. Journal. Mm-hmm. And he is replicatively reversing Alzheimer's in mild and moderate cases, not in severe cases. Yep. And he's published his entire protocol on in his journals so people will start doing it but it's not pharmaceutical this is a sin you know every 66 minutes there's another person diagnosed with alzheimer's and it's a massive drain on everybody but he's been reversing it for a decade hormones are part of that ketogenic diet is part of that herbs are part of that and he has a whole protocol none of it being pharmaceuticals now once in a while pharmaceuticals are helpful in the initial stages Mm. but no one's jumping on his bandwagon because it's not pharmaceutical based but hormones are part of it to do a lot of the things I was just saying and so I've been using his protocol and repeat and I see that in the right people if it's too severe it won't work in many people it's reversing it and it does it within three to six months
0: well, wow. so it's like get crazy that, that this is,
2: people aren't jumping. Well, it's published. If you look up his name, David Breziden, yep. Um, I have the article. I'll just send you the article that has yeah. the protocol in it. When you send me your email, I'll just send you the article and you can share that with your your community. And he has the whole thing. But you really need to work with a, a doctor. You have to rule out heavy metals. You have to get your hormones tested and so forth. But nonetheless... The take home is that when you do the right things, you can reverse, you can reverse this terrible wrong of the brain. Mm. And yet, because it's not a big pharma deal,
1: yeah.
2: it's not being headline news. Mm. This is a sin. And this is where medicine is the sin and broken down right now. So it's good to have shows like this where you can share information like this, because you're not going to get this if you ask your doc or your gerontologist.
0: No, 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 you're not. You're definitely not. Um, we're running out of time but i I want to keep you for another couple of minutes if i can doc because oh yeah, yeah I, there's I, just so I, many there's just so many things I'll be writing. now in in regards to taking hormones, if you cannot find a specialist in your area, um how do you get access like uh and and should you be on bioidentical hormones as opposed to synthetic hormones so you know, you see a lot of the young men and, uh, you know, taking testosterone or bodybuilders taking testosterone, is that the right hormone or should it be like a bioidentical? the same with progesterone, um, does it, is, is that a, is that an important point that it's bioidentical?
2: I think it's an important point that it's bioidentical because that's what the human body is used to for hundreds of thousands of years. And that's what your body uses. The people who make Premarin for years were saying Premarin and the progestins, for example, in birth control pills, those are all endocrine disruptors. That's the neolestradiol that's in birth control pills is used as a positive control in much of the endocrine disrupting research that's done because it's an endocrine disruptor because it's synthetic. And when it's, synthetic, it's not used exactly by the body as a bioidentical hormone, which is the exact molecular shape the body is used to using. Yep. And yet, so the makers of Premarin and everybody and even North American Menopause Society, which is like the big society telling gynecologists in the U.S. what to do, they say, oh, bioidentical hormones, they're worthless, they don't mean anything. Well, those those producers, the old CEOs of Premarin and progestins, have push through a brand new pill that's all bioidentical called replenish it's uh-huh. just finishing up its phase three trials because they understand this is the way it should go yeah. and they wanted the only reason they were pushing the other is because they were making money from the yeah, other yeah. follow the money yeah. and now that bioidentical is being if you really use your common sense If you use a molecule that's not the same shape as the molecule your body's used to using, some people have troubles with it and other people won't. That's why you need research on such large bodies of people to see how their bodies will deal with it. But with a regular hormone, your body's set up to already deal with it. So they're coming out with this new pill. That's all bioidentical. Why? Because ah. they want to make money off of it because it makes sense to have that pill yeah, available. But asking. I don't know all the dosages and so forth. But bioidentical is the way of the future of hormones, even though your gynecologist and endocrinologist are going to like blow snot out of their nose when yeah. you ask them a few times and be really angry at you or, you know, yeah, go home yeah, yeah. and drink too many martinis because they can't bear patients like you. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not
2: they well, like. don't know this stuff. and <laughs> You know, if you ask somebody questions about what they don't know, it's like women who ask surgeons about hormones. Surgeons don't know about hormones. Nothing. They know surgery. They're really great at surgery, and they have a very definitive personality to be a great surgeon, and they know know about hormones. So you have to ask somebody who's in that field to get a cogent, answer but we don't realize that so we ask our own doc and they go oh you know there's nothing on it that's like the people who say there's no research on nutrition
0: yeah
2: there's so much research on nutrition it's crazy my dear colleague and brother friend alan gaby has come out with a 1550 page book called nutritional medicine putting in really high level tiered research on every single condition for nutritional scientific studies, and if people don't, if they say there's no research on nutrition, they just haven't read. They
0: it, haven't looked. Is it. the they problem haven't read it? They haven't and you have to it.
2: realize that you often get wrong answers from people in authority positions.
0: Yeah, and that's the, the
2: truth. <laughs> I'm old enough to be able to say that. Yeah, you're
0: playing. And educated enough with enough things after your name to be able to say that without being chucked out of the doctor's office. <laughs> like I do. Well, you know, go- I do
2: the go- hormones go- for a lot of gynecologists.
0: Wow! So. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I definitely have to go and get those and I'm go- I've got to find someone to do those for me uh, personally. But so let's just talk lastly about the microbiome and their brain connection from the, the gut to the brain um, and how important it is to have a good microbiome in your gut.
2: So the microbiome is teeming microbial life that can be bacteria, funguses, or viruses that can live in your gut. They most, we have 10 times more microbial life living in us or on us than we have our own cells. And we, the most well-known is the microbiome of large intestine. But we have biomes in our nose. Oh. We have biomes in our mouth. When yep. women take birth control pills, often their biomes in their mouth get disrupted. Yes, okay. We have biomes in our esophages. We have biomes in our lungs. We have biomes in our vagina. We have biomes wow. in nooks and crannies. We haven't even seen. The Human Microbiome Project was started in 2008 with 500 scientists looking at 300 people and looking at every which way these things live on us and affect us. Yep. And they basically have a lot to do with our health, and they crosstalk with our organs all over the place and look like the gut is the mothership of our health, the microbiome of the gut, but it is in crosstalk with the other microbiomes. Mm -hmm. The more diverse the microbiome is, the healthier it is. So the more that you eat a diverse diet, an organic diet, a colorful rainbow diet, the more you go to restaurants or stores, Asian stores, Vietnamese stores, you eat different mushrooms and this and that. You get more diverse more diverse microbial life and the more diverse your biomes are, the better you are. So we now understand that our microbiomes make hormones, interact with our hormones, interact with our gut wall, interact with our brain. The brain and the gut are intimate because they come from the same exact tissue. When the fetus is developing, there's a tissue called the neural crest and it basically just splits in half, Mm -hmm. same tissue. And half goes up and makes the brain, and half makes the gut. Oh. So the brain and gut are intimately really the same, and they're connected by the vagus nerve, which is run by hormones. Ah. Oxytocin, estrogen receptor beta, different estrogen. There's about 10 different estrogen receptors. Estrogen very complex that people don't understand because yeah. it's the oldest been around the block for hundreds of thousands of years and so it has a lot more sophistication and complexity to it than the other hormones that came later on i write about that in sexy brain it's pretty
0: fascinating stuff the estrogen you know like the the, the, the term estrogen dominance is bandied around um quite yeah that's a and, bad and, term it's really yeah, i'm
2: confused estrogen alpha well i don't know if we want to get into that yeah, sophistication level now it's, it's a so estrogen, so a hormone sends a signal to a receptor. Now, it's there's many other ways that a hormone can signal, but most of the time with a sex hormone, it swims into this little shape of a satellite dish, the receptor, and sends a signal. Mm-hmm. And estrogen has about 10, 11 different receptors. We have other receptors we haven't even discovered yet. None of this is all known set knowledge. It keeps growing. Yeah. So Estrogen has so many receptors that different receptors, when they're signaled, do many different actions, very different actions. So estrogen dominance is only when estrogen is signaling the alpha receptor. That's the growth out of control set receptor. But there's an estrogen receptor that when it's signaled, you have less recurrence of all the estrogen dominance things. You have less bloating, less pain, less weight gain, less cancer. Uh, issues, less adenomyosis, less fibroids. Estrogen beta is the good estrogen dominance, and nobody talks about that. I wrote about that first in my book, Safe Hormones, Smart Women. I have a a book out on hormones. If people want to know a good hormone primer, I've got a book called Safe Hormones, Smart Women women. that's written for the public, but it's, it's very science-based and I explain all this. Yep. I have my book called Hormone Deception. I came out with a new printing in 2016 that explains endocrine disruption and you can get that. Yep. I've got a book that gives you the basics of good, mindful, and intelligent eating that you can read with your family. It's got lots of pictures and it's real easy read called Retraining Your Tongue. I've got my newest book, *Sexy Brain*. I have a book called *Healthy Digestion: The Natural Way* that's been out about 20 years. My new gut book is coming out next year. I haven't named it yet. I was actually going to ask your, your community <laughs> to come up. Come up a name. Gastro,
0: gastro. Maybe I was something. I was, I
2: was thinking of *Gut Answers* or *Nutritional Gastroenterology* or uh, uh, *Digestive yes. Freedom*. I don't know. I'd love to hear some answers from your community. But it's a 750-page book for doctors and practitioners, health coaches. It takes gut issues to the new level. It's not a simple little read for a fun little book. It takes my lifelong work of 47 years to practice. And I give a lot of my understanding of that with a lot of interplay of hormones in the gut. The unappreciated role of hormones in the gut. Over third of the book is hormones in the gut right. and how you can use hormones with inflammatory bowel disease and how birth control pills cause problems and mm. et cetera.
0: Oh man, this is like, you know, I'm obviously going to be studying for a very long time. I'm going to throw just your book. <laughs> well, invite me down there. Let's just play and drink and hey, go good. into the ocean and
2: let's just yeah. leave all this heavy nonsense aside for a
0: bit. <laughs> yeah, no, hey, I would love to have you come and stay with me anytime you, you want to. Yeah. Um, that would just be wonderful. You, you'd love New Zealand, even though you know, when I want to come to New
2: Zealand, I've never been there, and I hear it's one of the most beautiful places on the planet. It is, and you have all this water, which I love, 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 love. And do you dance? Do you have dancers there?
0: Yeah, we have everything, you know. And I live we, in a place called Taranaki in New Plymouth, and we've got a, a wicked coastline, beautiful coastline, beautiful mountains. So you are most welcome time you well, want why to come down. Do
2: this? why don't, don't sometime? Why don't we make an agreement? Like, there's house trades, right? Why don't we do like vacation trades? And at some point, I would really, before I transit off into my next incarnation, I would love to come to New Zealand, take you up. And you could, have you ever been to Texas? No, no. Well, I've got this really cool guest room.
0: Oh, brilliant. (laughs) I've got lots of kimchi
2: and sprouts in my kitchen.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I'm I going to take you up on that offer, but you have to get down here first I tell you it's really awesome we've definitely got lots to come down for you know and and wow. I've taken up enough of your time and i i I could go on about this for for a very long time and and uh we'll'll we'll do our next uh interview with me, and then maybe I can get you back on when you get your next book out or something because people will be like wanting to know more so where people can people find you uh dr lindsay where can they find you give us all your um connection pieces on social media and the world so i I have a
2: website that people should go to called dr com. it's d-r-l-i-n-d-s-e-y-b-e-r-k-s-o-n.com and if you sign up I send blogs. I have over 2,000 blogs and I keep up on the literature every morning with my, the most dependable man in my life, my cup of joe. <laughs> I go through, read two or three hours of the medical literature and then I write one or two blogs a week and put a lot of this information together for my career and make it palatable. With, sometimes I add recipes because I love to cook. So it's great to sign up for my free newsletter or my blog. And then I have a radio show that you're going to be on this week. Uh, We're going to record you this weekend and then you'll be on sometime soon. Yep called Dr. Berkson's Best Health Radio, and you can go to iTunes. You can download it anytime. It's on Google Play or iTunes. And on social media, I'm also very active, and I've got Dr. Lindsay Berkson on Facebook, a professional Facebook. If you want to friend me on there or friend me on my regular one, my first name is David Key. I was a yoga teacher for 25 years and lived with Swami Satchidananda and got a spiritual name, but no one could pronounce it in Texas, so I started going by my middle name. Yep. But I love the woman who wrote out of Africa, Blixen, would take a different name every decade because she said, why should you be limited to oneself? And I love that idea. So sometimes I'm David, sometimes I'm Lindsay, and it makes branding experts go crazy and have a heart attack. But I kind of like it. But so I have my personal Facebook as David Key Lindsay Berkson. I also am on Twitter with about 5,000 plus tweets, many of them on health, and that's at Berkson Health. The name of my clinic is at Berkson Health. If you want to contact me for a consult, you can email me at dlberkson at gmail.com. But please, what I do when I do my radio shows, it's so weird. You do get some people who want to work with you, but then you'll get emails from people who say, I'm in the emergency room and my husband's having this blah, blah, blah. What should I do? Should I, do? I go,
0: listen to your email, <laughs>
2: Doc. That's not So quite. only if you really want to have a real relationship a and spend some time, and it is cash and yeah. so forth. Yep. Yeah. So... There are all those different portals, and now I've got my course called Sexy Brain, a Complete Hormone Course, which is over 30 hours of instruction with lots of downloads and videos and slideshows, and I'm in the fifth module. It's amazing. And if you contact me, I'll send you to those things, and I'll keep you – if you're on my mailing list, I'll let you know when my course is coming out on the gut or my course is coming out on oxytocin. I have a whole entire course on oxytocin in the gut. I have a course on endocrine disrupting compounds, and these are coming out, and if you're on my mailing list, I can let you know when.
0: take this opportunity to tell you about my new e-course, The Path of an Athlete, that I just launched recently. This is all about how to develop mental strength, resilience, and tenacity, learning how to overcome the barriers to reaching your full potential, and stop those limiting beliefs that have held you back. Whether it be in your personal life, your career, or in your sporting goals, you can control the outcome of your life. For more information, please go to www.lisatamati.co.nz forward slash e-course.
1: That's it for this episode of Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tamati. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe, and share all this goodness with your networks so we can impact more lives with positive insights and inspiring conversations. And check us out online at www.lisatamati.co.nz. That's it for this episode of Pushing the Limits with your host, Lisa Tamati. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe and share all this goodness with your networks so we can impact more lives with positive insights and inspiring conversations. And check us out online at www.lisatamati.co.nz.